Today on the Sound Rider Show, we're talking first rides of the season. We're going to do a Desert 100 recap and LeMay Motorcycle Days. All that and so much more on the May edition of the Sound Rider Show. Stick around. Support for Sound Rider and the Sound Rider Show is made possible by The Moto Fit Group. Providing track days in both Oregon and Washington, the MotoFit Group helps riders experience the next level of their riding abilities and takes them to the zone where the bike and rider become one. Find out more or sign up for a track day today at themotofitgroup.com. Hello, everybody. This is Lee from Racer Gloves USA. Welcome to the Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, Join us for the latest episode of The Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Motorcycle riders from around the world and across the Pacific Northwest, this is The Sound Rider Show, and thank you, sir, May, I have another because I think, uh, you know, April, we had some good riding days and I'm looking forward to a positive trend here in May. And, uh, you know, it's riding season. What else is there to be said? Across from me here, Tom Marin, founder, publisher, all things to everyone related to Sound Rider. And I, of course, am Derek Roberts, self appointed editor at large and co host. Tom, where do you want to kick things off, man? So much has been going on. We got a busy show here. I'm still wearing my down booties. <laughs> there is some chilly temperatures, but, uh, you know, we had sort of that uh, nice little renaissance in March, which kind of, I think, spoiled people a little bit. But really, April wasn't too bad, and I think May is going to be pretty darn good. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of things you've been doing, and then we'll talk about what I recently did. Um, you were at the Desert 100. How was it? I was. I was at the 49th annual Desert 100. And I got to tell you, this is my first time uh, actually taking in the event in person. And what a spectacle. Man, it is great. I've had uh, two reports. One said that there were more than 1,300 riders for the actual race on race day. The other one said that there were more than 1,800, so they actually ran out of numbered bibs. They had such a great turnout this year. But and, you brought a color printer with you, didn't you? You know, I'm always backed up. I always got my uh, Microsoft Surface and my mobile color printer ready to go, so I hooked them <laughs> up now. But uh, it was really just a – what a great event, man. Just a shout-out to the Stump Jumpers Motorcycle Club. Uh, really just put that thing together, and it's such a huge, huge spectacle all the riders, all the racers, the families, the fifth wheels. I was out there for five days from Thursday until oh, Sunday. Wow. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. Really great to see families out riding. Really great just to see people enjoying motorcycling. Did it rain? It did, yeah. It rained on and off kind of throughout the week. So you got to test the waterproofness of your tent? Yeah. I was. Uh, my tent was a Marriott in uh, Moses Lake, so it was nice and waterproof. So I drove out there every morning. I was a little bit spoiled on this trip. But, um, but you know, it had kind of sporadic rain, which a lot of people like because it held the dust down. Sort yeah. Of notorious for the dust bowl there, but really just impressive to see. And I'll tell you, the most impressive thing that I saw was I think in the top – 30 a guy finished on his ktm 990 wow which i thought was pretty impressive that's so, pretty impressive yeah he must have taken all of whitney's training yeah that's right our friends over at uh, dirt first and dirt bike safety training um but it was really cool to see and uh, a whole heck of a lot of fun when was the last time have you ever been out there yourself i have not okay so next year's the 50th so we might have to start looking ahead because i really think that they're going to set some records in attendance and I really think it's going to be... Can you get two double beds at the Marriott? <laughs> we'll figure out a place where I'll let you sleep in the van anyway. Yeah, I'll so. sleep in the van. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take my element and sleep in it like that time I went and did the uh, Sasquatch tour. And I, I ran uh, Element. And everybody put their luggage in it in the day. And then at night we cleared it all out. And I slept in the car there like five go. nights in a row. How was that on the old back? That was not good. Not that good, took a yeah. few months to recover from. Yeah, that's the thing. You'll still tell the doctor. You say, "Why? Uh, what's wrong with your back?" Oh, I just got back from the Desert 100. He'll think you. You think you rode the race. And then you did a big flip flop, and you did the bunny run at the uh, Emerald City Harley Davidson, right? That's right. Pun intended. There, I think with the flip flop, you nailed it. Uh, the bunny run, a big event that they do every year for Housing for Hope, right here in Snohomish County, on the west side of the state of Washington. 
pretty good turnout. Some iffy weather, but I bet you about 100 riders or so. They raised a lot of money. Um, Housing Hope does a lot of good things in the area in Snohomish County to help families that are temporarily displaced for whatever reason it may be. And uh, they loaded up the trailer with you know, paper towels and diapers and food and all that kind of stuff. And it was really nice to see uh, the motorcycling community come together. Uh, big shout out again to the guys at Emerald City Harley-Davidson. They're always doing unique events and they're always supporting the local community, both riding and otherwise. So, Was there any loud pipes in the audience? Oh, I'm sure that there were, yeah. You know, obviously it's an HD dealership, but... Now, ev- when you say you're sure that there were, does that mean you wore earplugs the whole time you were there? Well, I saw the guys uh, take off and then I went up and I met them um, up at the uh, facility just a little north of the dealership there. And, uh, you know, at this point... I don't even notice anymore if it's uh, – <laughs> So you're just as deaf as I am. If now. I'm out there and I see someone on two wheels, I give them the wave, and uh, I keep on smiling and moving on. All right. Well, I had my uh, my official first ride of the year and uh, took it over uh, the Saturday before Easter. And uh, it was kind of interesting, and I, I have some observations from yeah. the ride I wanted to share with you. And this was on the NC-700? On the NC-700X. Nice. Um, first of all, it was pretty light traffic in the morning. Sure. Uh, which was nice. Saturday morning, you know, I don't expect a whole lot of traffic out there, but it was uh, it was pretty, pretty light. Uh, I purposely left my GPS packed. So I never used it the whole time. I mean, I did I did the ride out to Leavenworth. I did the three pass blast. That's I, a memory route. I went and and rode all my little favorite side roads along there that were open. Some were snowed in still. Sure, but uh, I don't need a GPS. So no. if I don't need it, I prefer not to have it on the bike. That's right. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, I discovered that noise canceling headphones do not work. On motorcycles. So is this the first time that you've ever attempted that? I had attempted it once before on uh, city streets. Okay. And they sort of kind of work. But once you get the uh, speed of the bike up, two things happen. Uh, you can't hear what's going on. Okay. With it, unless you just totally blast your ears out. Sure. I'm not going to do that. I don't have much left anyway. <laughs> Uh, and secondly, uh, because they're noise canceling, sometimes the wind buffeting causes a a very loud. Uh, it's not a click. It's you know, it's just a crack, a big crack in okay. your headphones. So I had them on for the uh, extent of one freeway off ramp. So how does this work though with the headphones? Because these aren't in ear earbuds. So how do you get these on underneath your? They were in ear. Oh, they are. Bo- Bose okay. makes an in ear system. Okay. That is noise canceling. Okay. I use them for walking all the time. Uh, that's why. That's why everybody runs me over when I walk because I never hear them coming. Right. Same problem we have on the show. We both wear noise canceling headphones. We uh, it's reading each other's lips. Right. Bub, bub. Yeah. <laughs> bub, bub, bub. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say. So you though you have had some success at lower speeds with these earbuds. Do you know? Do they make any? Are you aware of any helmets that have built in? Noise-canceling um, features like that? We were told at the motorcycle show in Las Vegas in October that they are not DOT legal. Interesting. Okay. So until the DOT decides it's okay to have them, which I think they should because we need to save our hearing. I agree. Well, you know, again, I mentioned this from time to time on the show, but having some experience in the, the light aviation world about 15 years ago, maybe even a little longer – Bose noise-canceling ear sets came on the market and have still dominated it, and a lot of other companies have gotten involved. But those work really great yeah. at uh, you know, Well, high and speeds. definitely the large cup ones over the ear sure. work better than the ones in the ear, but the technology is getting there. Yeah. Uh, I know Microsoft is coming with some Surface earphones that will be uh, wireless earbuds that supposedly have noise canceling in them. Interesting. Uh, but they, I looked at the design on them. It looked like they might kind of fall out when you shove the helmet down on your head. Okay. 
So I'm not so sure that's going to work out for motorcyclists. Well, we'll keep an eye on it anyway. But if anybody over in Redmond wants to send over a set for us to test on motorcycles, yeah. we'll give it a shot because I'm sure these are going to be four or $500 probably. And they should probably make out a sponsorship check while they're doing it, while we're giving them all I that give advertising. A couple, I give them a couple spots. There we go. Okay. Yeah. All right. 30-second spot. Send two pairs. Support Microsoft. for the Soundwriter Show is made possible by Microsoft Surface in-ear wireless headphones. By noise-canceling headphones. See, I already got the copy written. It's ready to go. <laughs> Uh, well, it was also a wake-up call to me. You know, a number of motorcyclists have told me that they quit riding motorcycles because there's uh, too many crazy people with cell phones on the road. Sure. And I don't know if, if they're lying. Maybe they have a health issue or something. But, but you know, maybe 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 they're telling the truth. And uh, sure enough, I go up over Snoqualmie Pass. I'm starting to go down the other side. And the car up in front of me is getting really close really fast. Okay. And so uh, I throw on my turn signal, pop into the next lane to the left, go around that car, and lo and behold, it's some blonde-haired girl with a cell phone working on some text right in the middle of the interstate. Sounds about right. So uh, they're out there, folks, and you got to be well aware that nobody sees you for sure. So uh, keep your eyes yes. open. Keep your eyes looking straight ahead. Yeah, you know the other side of that equation, and we always, and we at, rightfully so, you know, as motorcycle riders, we talk about distractive, distracted car drivers, but we also want to make sure that we're doing what we can to preserve our own lives. Whether it comes, it comes to kind of spotting roadway behavior, or you know, just making sure you can handle your bike in the cor- in the corners, because a lot of accidents are single vehicle accidents too. That is true. Right. Very true. Um, and I was thinking about speed, and I was thinking about how fast I was going to ride that day. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to kind of hang low and not go real fast sure. and see what happens. And you know what? At 65 miles an hour on my NC700X going up over Blewett Pass, I had the best groove on. Nice. It just felt really good. Sure. I didn't have any cars in front of me from the time I left Ellensburg. Until the time I came up over Blewett Pass, that's when the first car showed up in front of me. Yeah, in fact, you had sent me a text message that day, sort of shocked that there was such light traffic out there. Yeah. Which was really, really cool to hear. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. And you know, if you, if, you, if you can get a groove on closer to the speed limit, you have longer periods of time where there's nobody in front of you. Right. If you're, if you're going to try to go 80 or 85 miles an hour out there, you're going to catch up to the next car in front of you real catch soon. catch somebody. That's true. I uh, got to uh, Leavenworth and uh, didn't see – I counted less than 10 motorcycles in Leavenworth. That's crazy. I walked a whole couple of blocks there. Yeah. Although this was the Saturday before Easter, right? Yeah. Okay. But like, is that going to stop you from taking a motorcycle ride? Well, a beautiful I, day. I did notice an abundance of events going on at uh, shops and clubs and that kind of stuff, and all throughout the region. I did notice there were a lot of organized rides going on. So I wonder if that maybe took some people away from uh, you know more leisure oriented rides. Maybe so. Yeah, could be. Well, so after six months of not riding, um, I hadn't. I guess I hadn't really been keeping my ears very clean, but I didn't think about it. Right. And I took those earplugs out in Leavenworth. Man, they were gooey. <laughs> really gooey. Uh, I threw them away and popped are, open folks. a new set. Yeah, bonus tip and trick right here in the opening segment. That's it. Yeah. Clean your ears before your first ride or you'll be cleaning them during it. <laughs> with the with the earphones, yeah, that's right. It's harder to pull them out when they got a lot of wax stuck on them, you know. I tell you, one of the many reasons I'm glad this is an audio only show. That's why we don't do it on YouTube. <laughs> I put my video on YouTube. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I won't put a video of this though. Now I get back home, and one of my favorite things to do after a long day of riding. Now, granted, this is only like a 250 mile day for me, but sure. it was my break in ride. Yeah, you know? I didn't want to do a five. I could have gone around the Olympic Peninsula. That's 550 miles for me. Right. I didn't want to do that. So, uh, but I like to get home from a ride and uh, get out the Epsom salts, throw a whole cup of Epsom salts into the tub. Okay. Heat it up real nice and soak in it for a while. Just you or do you bring the motorcycle? No, nah, it's just I just didn't me. have room for the bike. Okay. Anymore. 
We have to talk about it. He's going to be the yeah. bike of me in the tub, and I said, "It's me, bud." So tell me though, I've never, I've never used Epsom salts. How? Uh, tell me, what are some of the effects that you feel like you get when you do soak in a, in a tub after afterwards? Well, they're really, you know, how people soak a, 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 a joint pain. Like a like a bad knee or a foot, sure. soak it in Epsom salts. Okay, yeah, same thing. All right. So you're getting uh, I can't remember what the mineral is, but you're getting a massive whack of it through your skin. Okay. Um, and you feel real good when you're all done. All right. Uh, you can get it, you know, with the lavender, or the peppermint, or whatever. But uh, I like it just straight, you know. And then you don't have all that residue in the tub from the oil. Okay. Interesting, but you swear by it. You say it works. Yeah. Nice. So then I came out into the kitchen after I took the bath where I had set the helmet down. Yeah. It was covered in ants. Whoa, that's kind of They were gnarly. digging all those dead bugs. Wow. Yeah, so I'd... I had to get out the, the ant. Uh, I use a product called Advium. Okay. And I had to get that out and... Put some of that around. I got to put it in places where the cat can't go. I don't think I've ever encountered that on my helmet. I know. I've never had that happen before. That's pretty unique. You know, that's like a scary dream. Wake (laughs) up and your helmet's loaded with ants. Yeah. Ah! It makes me want to uh, add, look into the inside of the helmet, kind of my pre-ride checklist, especially when I'm out touring, right? You go for camping for the night and next thing you know, you're riding down the highway and your head's itching. Yeah, and you know, if you put it in your tent, I bet the ants can get through your mesh, huh? Interesting. Hmm. Maybe you want to hang it off your handlebar and, I don't know. Yeah, wipe it down at the end of the day at the very least. (laughs) The bear will eat it. Right. (laughs) Uh, The next day, and this is why I wanted to keep it down to 250 miles. The next day I got up and the left hand, the whole upper and lower arm, had pain in the tendons. Okay. From all the clutch work. Yep. And if I'd have done a 500-mile day, that would have been really bad. You'd be roasted, yeah. You know, but but I'll get up to where, you know, you and I are going to be going over and doing uh, the Pendleton ride. Yep. And, and uh, we'll be doing a 400-mile day probably just to get there. Yeah. So, but I'll I'll be ready then, you know. But. Yeah, a little training. You should get some of those uh, grip trainers for the off season, huh? I guess you could. Yeah. I know I know I know people who do that. Bust yeah. out maybe twenty or thirty every day and try to keep your tolerance up. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not a fan of aspirin. I don't like to take aspirin. I, if if you don't have to take medication, you just should, you should avoid it. I think. No. Yeah. So my solution for that tendon issue was uh, icy hot. Okay. Yeah. Which now comes in a roll on. Wow, so you can do your whole body, huh? Yeah. Wow. But you don't want to do your whole body. Well. There's one place you definitely don't want to get icy hot. I can think of a couple of places where I don't want any icy hot, but. And and this was not related to the ride, but uh, some people get back pain on the ride. Sure. I actually walk a 75-pound dog here in the neighborhood, so I had some back pain. Uh, there's a product on the market called Koo Care. These are large size, large format ice packs that you just throw in the freezer. And uh, I bring it up because it's like a tip, you know, have one around the house. Sure. Because I have had my back go out on motorcycle rides. And that's the other thing that was a reminder to me was to restock some of the icy hot I carry with me. And I like to if I get a if I get a bad uh back to, gets real serious pain and I'm in, say, Leavenworth, Yeah, uh, I'll go over to the Safeway there and I buy the, the strips that stick onto your back. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. And usually by the time I get down to Cleelum or whatever there, I'm good again. So any rumor that at the uh, Rally in the Gorge we're going to have the Soundrider Holistic Clinic so you can come down and get treated by old Dr. Marin here? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have the <laughs> tubes of neem oil yeah. and help you with all your eczema. Acupuncture. And solve all get your you everything. problems. Yeah. <laughs> We won't be talking about motorcycles at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it is time to talk about motorcycles again, but first we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back with some news bites. Support for Soundrider and the Soundrider Show is made possible by... Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, my name is Alan Ayers uh, from White Center, Washington. Uh, One of my favorite rides that we do quite often is go up through Greenwater over the Natchez Trail, come out over in Yakima. Uh, I do it on my Honda NC700X. 
not many people do it on that bike, and I get some strange looks, but it works great. Hey, this is Austin Weaver from Travel Penticton, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. on the Sound Rider Show. Thanks for tuning in to the May edition. And of course, we're going to roll right along into News Bites where, hey man, riding season's here. That means this section is packed. So why don't we kick it off sort of somewhat locally to the uh, to the broadcast studio here over at Pacific Raceways. That's right. They've put down uh, new pavement Which on is- a, a fair amount of the track now. So that's got to be a pretty big job because Pacific Raceways is a, is a serious track. I don't know. Uh, are they not doing the whole thing? What do you know about the details? Well, they didn't do uh, turn one and two because they had already done those a couple of years ago. Okay. But they did everything from uh, turn three up to turn nine. And so I was seeing the pictures coming up online of the new pavement. It looked great. Yeah. It looked like new pavement, you know. Which is always fun, yeah. Yeah. No potholes anymore, no cracks. That's a great thing, yeah. And uh, the speculation was maybe we're going to see some track times broken here. Oh, because of the new pavement. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. And there was some seriously low lap times out there. So we're already starting to see kind of some improvement. Yeah, I'm not sure anybody broke the, the track time yet, the lap time on the track, but um, but there were some <laughs> people were doing it in like a minute and a half. Wow. Three miles in a minute and a half. Man, that's incredible. That's insane. Yeah, it is. So uh, anyways, you know, check your uh, – keep an eye on our calendar because we do – post the dates of when there's going to be races and uh you might want to see what's going on with this new pavement down yeah there. and if you're not a racer and you want to get in there and mix it up i'd also offer a quick shout out to uh cascade motorcycle safety who does their street strategies course there that's right right so they got two of those coming up so you could ride that track and not have to be a paid racer right exactly yeah. Uh, what else is going on sr20 opened up in april another track you don't have to be a paid racer to get on <laughs> that was a pretty early opening. Um, they they had enough of a break in the weather. They were able to get up there and blow out all the chutes and get it all open. Yeah. Now, weren't last year, weren't they delayed by like a month beyond sort of like their uh, their cutoff date or a few weeks anyway? They had. Uh, I can't keep up with with what year they opened when. Yeah, I think I think I recall that from last year that they were a little late in getting it open. And this there year was they, one year they didn't open it up until June. That's crazy. And then there was another year when they never even closed it. So I, I tell you, man, all the difference in weather, you know. That's right. <clears throat> but it's great to have it open this early because obviously this is one of those rides that a lot of riders take at least once every season here in Washington, just to kind of go across the uh, go across the pass. Yeah, and I thought about doing that one, but that's a five hundred mile ride for me too. So yeah, I and you're talking that. about some elevation changes and stuff that can be a little I don't more. Care about that. No, you got your heated gear. You're ready to go, huh? Yeah. Some Epsom salt. I just used uh, I just used heated grips and seats on the ride. Oh, and you were good. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, let me see here. South Sound Motorcycles <clears throat> is once again for sale. Uh, they had been for sale, and they had a buyer, but that uh, deal has fallen through now. So that's South Sound BMW, which is here in Fife, just kind of uh, in the Tacoma area, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a that's a great-looking shop. Yeah. They've got a big floor plan there, so hopefully they can find a good buyer because I know a lot of guys in the area who uh, that's their, their shop of choice. So we always want those those places to continue nice to run. Nice guys down there working yeah. in the shop, Wayne and <coughs> David and all the guys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're in the market for a motorcycle dealership, here's one to check out. <laughs> that's a good, good option, No one paid I me think. to say that. That's either. right. <laughs> All right, well, while everybody was watching the legislation on helmet law yep. and the lane splitting, these are two things that go around and around every year and never get passed. Uh, there was a piece of legislation that went through, to my knowledge, it's the first year it had ever been presented, and it passed the Senate, and it passed the House, 
And now anybody riding a motorcycle in Washington State is going to be required to have liability insurance. Yeah, so an interesting change, which is going to affect, I think, a sizable portion of the riding population. I certainly know a lot of people that ride without insurance, so it'll kind of be interesting to see how this all shakes out economically. I was kind of happy to see it happen. I, I've always been concerned that you know somebody's riding around there uninsured sure. and takes out a four-year-old on a crosswalk. Right. And, you know, what's the family supposed to do? Go and try to sue this guy. Right. Instead of just being able to get coverage through his insurance company. Yeah, you know, it's a, some very tricky situations can present themselves. And even still, you know, it, just for people who are riding out there and who've had their own personal insurance for a long time, it's always good to review those coverages because sometimes you find out that uh, you can get some higher higher limits for insurance for not much more. So, right. you know, it's worth taking a look at anyway. And, uh, you know, if you, if you ride a motorcycle in Washington State, there's no doubt that you want to ride maybe into Canada, right. maybe into Idaho, maybe into Oregon. Sure. And uh, you are surrounded by states and provinces that already required – liability insurance that's right yeah so you're just kind of stuck at home if you you get out there in those places you'll get a citation for it you know it's pretty without it yeah and it's just you know you just think about some of the things that can happen out there and the the overall cost for insurance i know any cost can be tough for a lot of people to swallow but it's really pretty minimal when you kind of look at the broader picture yeah, yeah. or do it like i do and get five bikes there you go yeah yeah then they you know you can only ride one at one at a time Unless you're like really super tricky, <laughs> so uh, so your race, you know, your insurance rates. My insurance rate for five motorcycles isn't that much higher than yours for one. That's right. So so yeah. So why not? I mean, get ten bikes. I think that's probably better advice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and get a new garage while you're at it. Yeah. Uh, let's see the uh, the article with Liam Stewart, who was our guest on the show last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll stay up through May if anybody wants to enjoy it. Sounds good. Yeah, go yeah, check and that out. Go off on his trek in June. Soundrider.com. Check it out. There you go. Uh, Keith Tai, who uh, is the owner of South Sound Motorcycles, uh, is currently writing a series of novels about a retiree in an RV. Interesting. Now, this has nothing to do with motorcycles other than the fact that he is carrying a motorcycle on the RV. So there will be some motorcycle adventures in the book. Do we know what type of uh, motorcycle he takes with him? Uh, it looked like something small, but I don't know. Okay. I haven't read the book myself, sorry. I gotcha. I got, I got it on Kindle, though. Well, next month, then, we'll get a report in the News Bite segment, huh? I think it was five bucks on Kindle. No kidding. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal. So there's going to be uh, three in this series, and the first one is out now. Uh, new video game out now. Uh, it was released on April 26th called Days Gone. All right, so I have to plead ignorance. I don't know anything about this. So this is the video game that was put together by a group down in Bend, Oregon. And all the scenery, although it's all CGI, but uh, all the scenery depicts the areas around Bend, Oregon. Uh, the video has something to do with the fact that there's a bunch of renegades out there who are trying to take over an area, and the guy who's the good guy is on a motorcycle, and he's going to get them all. But they've, uh, they've surrounded his fuel supply, so he has to work hard to get fuel. So this is, uh, I understand, based in part on our uh, summer at the Rally in the Gorge three years ago, right? Some of the pre-riding we did? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No. I don't know about that. I don't think so. This sounds interesting, though. Do you know what platform are we coming? Is this an Xbox thing? This is a, a PS4, PS4, Sony okay. PlayStation all right. 4. I don't know why they wouldn't just release it across all the platforms. but Yeah, I don't know how the licensing deals work maybe on that. Maybe they do that later. I don't yeah, know. maybe they'll. So, uh, yeah, if you're a video game nut, uh, it, it looked a little bloody. It looked a little violent. So, uh, you know, you probably don't want to be doing it with your four-year-old in the living room, but... I gotta get Who him, knows? You get him started. You gotta introduce him to the uh, the beautiful riding around Bend, Oregon, somehow, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's, uh, I have an idea for the characters for Days Gone too. Oh, let's hear this. Okay, so recently there was a guy up in Whatcom County who was arrested because he stole a motorcycle, and when they arrested him, they found heroin on him. Okay, and they said, uh, "Is there any more heroin?" And he says. 
Yeah, if you check inside my underwear. Mm. Well, fortunately, it's not a video show, so <laughs> we don't have to see. We don't have to see that. that. Yeah. Then there was a girl who stole a sport bike down in the Portland area, and the officer decided not to pursue her because it'd be too dangerous. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so she crashed the bike. Well. Now, I'm thinking all these characters need to be in Days Gone 2. I couldn't agree more. And you just need to keep a running list. I know you guys down in Bend. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to give you some fresh ideas, man. Just keep a running list of all these kookaboos that are out there stealing bikes and riding around with heroin. And just put them into your next video, will you? How about that woman who fell asleep on her motorcycle that we reported on a few months ago? Do you remember that one? I remember something about that. Yeah. Is she the one who crashed in front of the police station? <laughs> it may have been. I just remember that she <laughs> fell asleep. While she was riding. At least that was the report. So, Well, and then there was a couple down in Kansas the other day who, who got taken out by a vulture. Oh, really? Yeah. Man and wife. Woo. No helmets. So and they uh, did, he it, died at the scene and she died at the hospital. Yikes. Anyways, this is the stuff that I read that I don't typically bring to the show. Because, well, that's you know, why we're one of the best Kansas. motorcycle podcasts in the world here. Yeah, that's what makes yeah. us, uh, you know, five-star on iTunes. You bet. Uh, let's see. I uh, just want to do a public service announcement. Motorcycle season is theft season. Lock up your bikes, folks. Yeah. We talk about it every year about this time. Uh, got plenty of locks and cables over there at all the cycle gears For and the sure. power sports stores. and A good uh, disc, disc brake lock, uh, you know, will go a long way. And um, also, on the note of that, Dave down at Seattle Used Bikes, still running in Seattle anyway, his uh, lost, stolen motorcycle. Oh, stolen motorcycle group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. So that's still on Facebook, active there. So if you're looking for a stolen motorcycle or you need to report one, you can check that out. We had Dave on the show probably two years ago. Probably two years ago, talking yeah. Talking about that site. That's right. So uh, I was working on the Soundwriter store the other day, updating a few things, and I was working specifically on the Techniche Evaporative Cooling Vest pages. And uh, lo and behold, I pulled out the new price sheet. Yeah. They dropped the prices this year. Look out. So uh, so what I did was uh, I don't want anybody to buy stuff from Amazon. So I matched Amazon prices, and I'm giving you free shipping too. So if you want to support the Soundwriter Show, yeah. the magazine, uh, you know, Derek's habit of uh, heroin and underwear. <laughs> no, but I mean seriously um, – it's a great way to support us is buying stuff through the store, and we're trying our darndest to be as competitive as we can against these big guys who have to appease all their shareholders. Yeah, and truthfully, the uh, cooling vests have been one of the best seller, best-selling items from the store. People really love those. People really hang on to them, and they last for quite a while. And there's some new colors on the basic one. There's a khaki color okay, and a pink color. And if you get the pink one, you might as well get the pink rock straps that we sell to go along with it. Yeah, that's a heck of a combo as we head into the uh, the month of May here. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we got the calendar. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Cascade Motorcycle Safety, featuring two ranges located in Anacortes and Bellingham. Cascade Motorcycle Safety offers beginner and intermediate rider courses and is certified to test riders for their motorcycle endorsement. For more information, visit their website at Cascade Motorcycle Safety today. My name is Jason Omar. I'm from Ferndale, Washington, and one of my favorite rides is riding 134 miles an hour down the Bonneville Salt Flats on my 1948 Panhead. Hi, this is Gary LaPlante from Moto Ventures. And you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. studio this is the sound rider show and we're back talking calendar items and hey man i've been saying it all show long i tell you what may is when things really get into top gear and we've got good stuff all over the pacific northwest starting right here at the ridge at the ridge a couple things going on at the ridge uh may 3rd through the 5th we've got uh racing going on there put on by wimra 
And uh, that's nice pavement at the ridge. I've I've actually driven my car around the track at the ridge. Uh, was this the element that you had out there? I did. Two, <laughs> two, I, I took two laps. Honorary on two different days. Honorary pace car. <laughs> <laughs> I was out doing photographs. Okay, right on. Um, and so yeah, that's that's going to be happening. And then on Monday, the sixth of May. There is the Aprilia Motorcycle Track Day that's being put on by the Optimum Performance Motorsports. Oh, great. These are the guys, of course, who uh, picked up the Aprilia and Moto Guzzi line here uh, mm-hmm. not too long ago. Uh, had a chance to chat with a couple of those guys, some great, some great dudes over there. Yeah, yeah. nice guys. Yeah. So uh, check our calendar. That'll get you the link to where they are. And uh, you can go out and demo ride the Aprilias. I don't know if there's a fee involved or not. You know, I always feel like the uh, Prilia lineup is a tad underappreciated. What do you think? I think that that's probably true. Yeah, I think a little bit. They make some really good motorcycles, and this is a great way to get out there and experience some of them. Uh, Let's see. And then on Saturday, the 11th, you didn't go down and do the Rose City 250. Oh, that's right. So you missed that. But now you could do the Rose City 500. Let's sign me up. Let's do it. Get those left. Left-hand tendons That's going, right. man. 500-mile ride. This That's, is its 44th year, huh? Is that it? Yeah. 44th, huh? That's pretty crazy. That's crazy. Well, it hasn't been around as long as the Desert 100. Not quite, yeah. Well, that's one of the oldest motorcycle clubs in the Pacific Northwest. The uh, Stump Jumpers? No, no, or... no, the Rose City. Oh, uh, really? Motorcycle oh, club. interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think they're over 100 years old, though. Well, pop down there, get some uh, coffee at old CC. And then uh, take a spin for the Oregon 500. Yeah. And if you don't want to do that on the 11th, you could go to motocross racing in Albany, Oregon. So you've got uh, the whole sort of breadth of motorcycling there. You can go on a sort of a leisurely 500-mile tour. You could go take in some motocross action. Or you could go to Kitsap and do the Ride for Fallen Riders. Or you can go benefit a good cause. So you got a lot of stuff to choose from on the 11th. Yep. Uh, Wednesday the 15th, everybody's favorite, Backfire Moto, down in Georgetown. Yeah, so coming around strong here. I was For out so at the uh, the March one, which was a terrific turnout. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'm going to try to get down to this one here, too, in May. All right. I, being that I live up here on the north end, that's like a traffic nightmare for me to go down there. So it can be. At that time of day. Unless you go down there at noon, you know. But they have the little shop up here, and I think we're going to be doing some stuff with that shop. Yeah, that's right. That's I think it's officially open here on uh, Aurora Ave. Yeah. Uh, we'll let you know when we're going to be doing some stuff there, but I think we're going to be doing some events there. Great. Uh, Thursday, the 16th of May, is the Pacific Northwest Dual Sport Summer Opener in Packwood. Now, what's interesting to me about this is that it's the Summer Opener Happening five weeks before the beginning of summer. Well, you want to get a jump start on summer, this is the place to do it. <laughs> and I was like, because Abate, uh, they always have their spring opener out in Zilla. Right. And it's usually the last weekend in June. That's right, yeah. Which is summer. Well, you know, branding is everything in this business. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, I think you, if you do them both, you get a patch. Yeah. Well, I will say, though, both uh, usually typically see really great attendance. So these are pretty popular events. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for something to do, whether you're a cruiser guy or a dual sport guy, you've got uh, some options here in May and June. Uh, Sunday, May 26th through 27th. Alan will be running his track uh, track time track day out at the Ridge. See, there's the Ridge again. That's right, yep. We've been talking about Pacific Raceways. Now we're talking a lot about the Ridge. Uh, so uh, if you want to, you know, go around in circles for a whole day and get some training, there's another option for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, also on the 26th is the West Coast Ride to Live, and this is being put on up in British Columbia. Uh, there's actually two starting points. You can either start in Vancouver or you can start in Chilliwack. There's a poker run that everybody will get to go on. And I don't know if it's the same checkpoints depending on where you start from or not, but it will end in Abbotsford. So, uh, you know, if you live down here in the States and you want to feel like you're doing something international 
cross the border and do the poker run up there. Yeah, and go check out the uh, the Trev Dealey Museum and um, what was there was another a motorcycle themed coffee shop that we were talking about that was going to open right. up up there. So there's a couple of motorcycle related things to see, and of course the scenery. Exactly. Stunning. I always suggest if you're going to go up there on a motorcycle, you might as well spend a night. Yes. And then you can do two things. You know, you could do the the poker run one day and the, the museum another day. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can wait 30 or two hours to go across the border. Again. Well, you know, you got to pay the price, but <laughs> just make sure all your papers are in order when you're trying to come back. Uh, something that I had not ever heard about. And just became aware of, so, you know, call me out of touch, but I call it, mm, well, maybe the marketing's a little messed up on this. Uh, something called Spoken, no, it's called The Slow Ride Home. And it's a documentary about seven guys on scooters who travel from Florida to Mukatillo over 11 days. There was apparently a book put out about this which may be sold out now. Yeah, if it's a limited run, sure. And then there's a, f- a movie documentary that first showed back in January. I never heard I yeah. never heard of this. This is the first I'd heard of it, too. And we don't really know anything else beyond this, kind of like, are they all 50cc scooters? Are they? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to go to Bend, Oregon on the 26th and watch the movie, which will be shown at the Spoken Moto Shop. Nice. I don't know what. The spoken moto shop is either is that like a coffee shop or I, don't know, I tell you what though garage Bend or? Oregon is kind of a little uh, nucleus of motorcycle activity down there oh yeah there's a lot of stuff going on yeah yeah it's a nice city too it is I remember going through Bend Oregon in uh, 1975 in a 1962 Volkswagen van oh man when Bend Oregon's population was about 20,000 people before the secret was out because oh, now it's my. it's a really kind of a boom town it's huge yeah well hey we got a special guest coming in we're going to take a little break and open up another microphone we'll be right back support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter show is made possible by the Rally in the Gorge. Are you ready to go beyond the main roads? Since 2003, the Rally in the Gorge has introduced riders intimately to the awesome secondary and tertiary roads in the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. With programs for dual sport, adventure, sport touring, and sport bike enthusiasts, this is the rally you'll want to return to again and again. For more information, visit soundrider.com rally. Hi, my name is Rich. I live in Kingston, Washington. I own several motorcycles. Uh, BMWs, Ducatis, Harley-Davidson's, and one of my favorite rides is riding the Olympic Peninsula. This is Rob from MotoFit Group, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Back on the Soundwriter Show, I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with the editor-at-large, Derek Roberts. We have a special guest in the studio and uh, a man who needs no introduction, but he's going to get one anyways. We are here together, graced by Rolf Imogabe. That's right. The one time today we wish that this were a video podcast and not audio only. But Rolf, of course, if you've been to any motorcycle event, I think it's certainly in the Pacific Northwest, maybe across the United States, is the proprietor of uh, Rockstraps USA. So he's a dealer here. Many of the listeners use Rockstraps. He's also actively involved in the Pacific Northwest Museum of Motorcycling. And importantly today, what we want to talk about the LeMay Motorcycle Days, which is a huge event coming up the end of June. Is that right, Ralph? It's actually June 13th through 23rd. It's a, like 10, 11 days. It starts Thursday and it runs through the first weekend and it ends the next Saturday, really, for the major event. There's also one on Sunday, the 23rd or 24th. There's a poker run or something along that, that line, but the main events wind down. The second, 
the second weekend Saturday. That's right, yeah. So we've got 10 days of motorcycle action. And first of all, what we need to talk about a little bit is many people, especially here in the greater Seattle area, driving up and down I-5, they see the LeMay Car Museum. But even though this shares the name LeMay, this is something that's a little bit different. So this is at the LeMay Marymount Museum, which is, I believe, is actually the home of Mr. LeMay himself? It's the family property. It's not their home. That's another place, and there's more stuff there. But uh, Marymount used to be a uh, Catholic military academy run by the, by an order of nuns who incidentally still have the rights to live there, and I, I believe some of them are still in part of the property. I got gotcha. you. Oh, so you, maybe the moto nuns are living there. Yeah, you, don't, you touch any of these motorcycles down there, they wrap you on the knuckles, <laughs> I think, is kind of the way it goes. But this is, a, this is a major event, though, right? Because we're talking about a pretty impressive collection of motorcycles here. Throughout that is on display throughout the LeMay motorcycle days. How many motorcycles do you think we can expect? Classic and vintage motorcycles. Okay, here this we year? expect around two hundred. That's kind of what it's been running between one hundred and sixty and two hundred. Awesome. We just get uh, local people, VME, Tacoma Ducks, you name it. Anybody who has an old bike uh, is welcome to display it. You know, obviously, we do look at. We sure, do, we do have some rat bikes, some, but, but, yeah, yeah, but uh, some pedigree yeah, wants to be on this year. The, the the emphasis is on Italian bikes, so that's going to be the featured category. Uh, there's only one Italian bike, Aramaki, right? Yeah, right. Uh, no, actually, there's only one. It's Moto Guzzi, but uh, uh, the Ducati. I've never heard of them. Never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, that's too new for me. That's right. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about how long have you been involved in the LeMay Motorcycle Days yourself, Ralph? Well, I've been at least exhibiting from the first one pretty okay. much every year, uh, even on the years when I'm out of town traveling, which actually will be this year, too, because the BMW National Rally is the same week. And so the first part of it, I'll be gone cover- covering that, but then I'll be back in the latter part. But I'll have my V7 Sport on display there for the for the entire time. And so anyway, the... It's it's just uh, eleven days. The the place is open from like eight to five. You'd have to double check. I don't, I don't remember the exact hours. Sure, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, and every day of the week, you can go in and take a look at the bikes. Uh, on the weekends, there are more major events. The first weekend, we have little minor things like the Seattle Cossacks put on a, a display, which is really something to see. Great. And then even better, if you want to try to beat the Cossacks at something after the Cossacks ride or demonstration, they're going to participate in the field events, which are open to the public. So if you would like to, come on out and see if you can best the Cossacks. Test that, your merit, yeah. yeah. Now, you don't have to be an Italian bike to do this, though, No, right? no, no. <laughs> Actually, uh, as far as the field events and stuff like that goes, that's open to anyone. Uh, anyone that's visiting, wants to sign up, can do that. Uh, we also have the first weekend... Uh, uh, vintage trials, and we have motorcycle soccer demonstrations. Uh, we have a women's conference, which is really, really super. I want to talk about that a little more detail. Yeah, for sure. Go along. Uh, and then the second weekend on Saturday uh, is, is I don't know, I'm not sure, Father's Day is in there somewhere. That's one part of the week, yeah. yeah and on Father's Day... It's that, probably on a Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably, yeah. And on Father's Day, everybody gets in free. That may be the second Sunday, actually. It's that, that, and then there's the poker run, but there's no other major events, as it were, like like the Cossacks or something along that line. On Father's Day, also, we do the, uh, uh, well, we chase the Wicked Witch of the, Wicked Witch of Winter away. Right. And bring the in. The cleansing the, ceremony, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of a fun thing for the kids. Uh, uh, so that's important it, to highlight. It's a very family-friendly event. Yeah. So even though obviously the emphasis is on motorcycles, if you're thinking, hey, you know, if you're a dad listening, you can maybe nudge mom or the kids and say, hey, this is how I want to spend that Sunday at the very least, or at least one of those days the week ahead. For, or, what, it, yeah, for what it's worth, on, on 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 Father's Day, dads get in for five bucks. No, you don't I'm have to trying. prove you're a dad. They'll t- they'll take your word for it. All right, uh, <laughs> and. The week before, the women's, this is kind of interesting to me. I think it's kind of sexist, personally, but I didn't say that. I got you. Uh, All right. uh, Not that anyone's no, listening. No, just, just one, of those little, one of those little things. Women on, on 
it's the Saturday of the women's conference. Women who ride, either as riders themselves or as passengers, have the same $5 entry fee. So oh, fantastic. It's normally $15. So why do the women have to ride? Sure. The, da- the dads just show up. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah. And if you're not a dad and you're not a woman, you're screwed. Yeah, you're going to have to pay your you're five bucks. You're going to have to pay the whole so fifteen well, bucks. Actually, bud. fifteen bucks. Yeah. Fifteen bucks. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you, I you know those are great questions to ask, and maybe being involved in the planning community, you can <laughs> uh, you can throw your weight around there a little. Oh, bit. Oh yeah, all that, that yeah. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit more I, about I, the. I want to remind people yeah. one thing: if 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 you're not into having a lot of kids around you, and some people don't like that. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that this museum is open seven days a week. So sure. you can go during the week and check it out and not have all the commotion going on. Right. But I don't think you're allowed to bring your pets, which is sometimes the case here in Seattle. If you don't like kids, you like pets, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Is it a service dog? Statistically. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Bring your service animal. But let's go back, Rolf. Let's talk a little bit about the Women's Conference and some of the uh, scheduled speakers that might be attending this year. Because I know this is always something that's very interesting to me, and I know you're involved in a lot of the history here in the Pacific Northwest, at least trying to help highlight it. There are some really great women riders that have passed through Washington and Oregon. So what can we expect from this portion of the event? Well, on this event particularly, we have, at this point, it's as definite as anything is, Mary McGee will be here, and Debbie uh, Selden Pugh, uh, will be co-hosting okay. the event, and Mary McGee. Well, just Google her, okay? Sure. She, she She's was, got quite a history. Yeah, she started out as a sports car racer in the early fifties, uh, and one of the car owners suggested that she try road racing motorcycles uh, to improve her car driving. So she's road raced motorcycles, and then Steve McQueen was talking to her and said. You need to get off of this pansy road racing stuff and come out into the desert. <laughs> so she started riding desert races too. She's the only woman to finish the Baja 500. I think it was a 500 or 1,000. I'm not sure which. Uh, but she's the only woman, solo woman, to finish the entire race, and she placed ahead of 17 two man teams. Wow. Wow. And she's so, going to be giving a. Uh... She'll be giving a presentation, and she'll be co hosting. She'll be. She's like in her 80s now, and wow. she's still active. She still, still was doing vintage racing, yeah. And then Debbie, Debbie Selden, uh, well, Pew is her name now, but uh, she was the gal in the early 50s that basically sued the AMA to issue her a racing license. No kidding. She was not the first person to get a racing license, not that the AMA is vindictive or anything like that, but they gave the first one to somebody else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then she did race, and, uh, and then also... Tammy Sesson is bound to be there. She's a local racer of some repute, and uh, she's also going to be taken over as the president of the Pacific Northwest Museum of Motorcycling here in the next year. So we're looking forward to that also. Well, that's really exciting. So to kind of recap, we've got about 10 days for the entire event. The museum itself is open all of those days. Check out the website for some more specific times and dates. So if you're looking for sort of a leisurely experience, that's a great way to do it. And then on the weekends, again, if you check out the website, all of the events, the Women's Conference will be highlighted. The Seattle Cossacks will be highlighted. They also do some motorcycle soccer, I believe, which has quite a history here in the Pacific Mm -hmm. Northwest. Yeah, we have have a number of teams that like to come down and just compete because they really enjoyed doing it and, and yeah. being seen for a change. Uh, and, of course, the vintage trials the first weekend, that's that's really one of the, I'm told, it's become one of the favorite vintage events of, you know, of the sort whole Sort of the series, area, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so, so then we're looking at if normal admission fee would be $15 per person. Right, the admission fee is $15 per person per day, or there's a multi-day pass. I believe it's $30. I'm not sure. Okay. That. Uh, and then, like I say, on special days, the women's conference, the women get, get in for 5 bucks. Uh, Father's Day dads get in for 5 bucks. There will be, on the weekends, there will be vendors and food trucks and other motorcycle-related you know, events yeah. and, and, and shows and things. And, but those are the featured events. Uh, and uh, then always the museum, it's always amazing to just look. And the Pacific Northwest Museum will also have a number of history panels on display, as they always do, including, I'd really recommend you look at this Eva Rogers, who's the first American woman motorcyclist. Great story. Yeah. Uh, it reads like a soap opera, 
and we can't get anybody to print it. It's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you'll be able to find it here. You'll yeah. be able to actually see there, the panels. There, there are six panels. Uh, briefly, her story, she grew up, well, she, she was in uh, around uh, the Edison, she's connected in New York. Uh, she, uh, she moved there. She and her husband, she married around 1900. She and her husband operated what's essentially a food truck nowadays. There, there was a lot of industry moving into Schenectady. There was Locomotive sure. Works and, and Edison, later GE, and a lot of workers, and they needed to be fed 24 hours a day. And they they started operating a sandwich wagon, particularly at night. Uh, and about 10 years later, her husband took the $10,000, which is a bunch of money in 1901. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, buy you a new KTM yeah, then, too. Yeah, right? and, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, a new young girlfriend and, and absconded with the money and, and the girlfriend and left her and her 10-year-old son sitting there. She proceeded to go ahead and earn another match, the previous earnings, obviously divorced him, then remarried uh, uh, Mr. Rogers, not... Probably different neighborhood. Probably than, different than, one, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was he, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was in a, in a bicycle business. He took up motorcycling, and she started riding in like 1902, 1903. And she's the first woman on record to ride over a hundred miles. And this is in competition. She rode like three hundred some miles from from New York up uh, anywhere around that area. Right in uh, in a. Uh, a competitive event, and she finished, and her husband didn't. Uh, later, she did some speed trials, uh, you know, some speed events. She came in first in a in a two mile demonstration run. Uh, she set some times, and she she was endorsed by George Hendy. She actually competed against him on a in, on a skills competition and wow. won. And you know, women are looking for role, role models and examples and whatnot, and there she is, and nobody knows about her. Sure, and I would just say quickly too, as we're going to wrap up and get out of here on uh, on on the note for LeMay days here, but the Pacific Northwest Museum of Motorcycling has discovered and assembled a lot of these stories, and you'll be able to see a lot of this on display down during LeMay Motorcycle Days. So if you are interested in learning more about not just Eva 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 Rogers, but a lot of the Pacific Northwest uh, riders, female riders throughout the years, this is a great way to do it. Correct, and just the Northwest history in general. We're really rich in a lot of good riders everywhere. You know, Jim Pomeroy out of out of Yakima, Steve Baker, uh, you know, the Murphy brothers. Uh, Dirk is still alive. Buck has unfortunately passed away a, a couple of years back. Eva Knievel. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, well, yeah, he's kind of in this neighborhood. Too. Right. <laughs> Not quite. Right over here, but fairly he close. Out in Moses Lake, had a Honda shop in Moses yeah, Lake. Okay, That's where well. he started doing his jumping. So you get some more uh, history right <laughs> yeah. here as we as we wind up. And, of course, the two legends that I sit at the table with here, Tom Marin, legend of the Pacific Northwest, and Rolfi <laughs> Mogabe, of course, also a legend of the Pacific Northwest motorcycling at least, scene. At least in our own mind. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's where it all I'm starts. I'm a legend <laughs> in my own mind. <laughs> but I tell you what, Rolf, let's send everybody to uh, do a Google search for LeMay Motorcycle Day so they can see the full calendar. You can check our calendar. We've got yeah. the link right there. There you yeah. go. Check out the Sound Rider calendar. You can go direct to the page. And also, if you're coming from outside of the greater Seattle or Tacoma area, spend a few days. Tour the Olympic Peninsula or go through the Oregon Cascades or the Washington Cascades. I was going to suggest that you create a gypsy tour out of it. There you Come go. Come out, take your three or four days to get here and camp out the whole time that you're moving and then get here and... We got camping nearby Puyallup down there. Yeah, you can find something out there for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot of listeners that don't live right here in the Pacific Northwest. So, so grab, time, to, time for a gypsy tour. Grab your gear, rock strap it down, and come on out to the yeah. LeMay Motorcycle <laughs> Days, right? Go. Sounds like a plan. Perfect. Well, hey, on that note, why don't we wind this up? Rolfi Mogabi, thanks so much for joining us. Again, LeMay Motorcycle Days is uh, starts on June 13th, June 13th, the 23rd. Check out the website for more details. Rolf, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, sir. Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by Cycle Barn of Smoky Point, your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM. 
Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, the Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at CycleBarn.com. Hi, I'm Tim. I live in Burien, and a few of my favorite rides in the state of Washington are uh, probably number one is Washington 20. Uh, it's just a nice scenic trip, like traveling through the Alps, and right behind that would be uh, Lolo Pass uh, on the pavement, or if you're really adventuresome, take the uh, Lolo Motorway uh, or the Magruder Corridor to go east and west. Uh, all great rides. Hello, this is Bill Cameron from Skagit Power Sports, and you are listening to the Sound Rider Show. Riding on into the final segment here on the Sound Riders Show. I'd like to thank Rolf for stopping by and joining us, telling us about the LeMay Motorcycle Days. Always great to have Rolf here in studio, you know it? Always fun to spend time with him. It's true. Big-time supporter of the Rally in the Gorge. And, uh, you know, we may have joked around a little bit about some legends of the Pacific Northwest, but really, the guy's out here supporting the community, so we appreciate everything that Rolf does. And we also appreciate being able to share some tips and tricks with our listeners like we always do in the final segment. Oh, boy. Yeah. What do you want to do? You want to kick it off, Tom, or you want I'll me to go? I'll kick it off, Okay. Yeah. What do you got? So uh, as I was out doing my ride the other day, I uh, bumped into a pair of guys with uh, dr four hundred. Oh, DRZs, yeah. And uh, one of them had broken the clutch lever. Uh-oh. And it reminded me of a trick that I was taught the day I broke a brake lever. Well, let's hear this. Uh, if you have a uh, tent repair kit on board, chances are you have a replacement pole or a pole that you can use to fix a broken tent pole. Okay. And you can actually just pound that on to a half-broken lever and make that lever usable until you get to some point where you can replace it. Interesting. So this is the actual lever part. So if you drop it in the dirt, and you snap your lever. Yeah, as long as you don't break it off at the very, very end of the lever. Right, okay. But if you got a, a quarter or a half a lever, you yeah. just you just pound on that that tube. And if you got some hose clamps, which I carry now. And I do too. Uh, you can just uh, get it on there real tight. And it's real interesting, the day that it happened to me, it was a 12-inch tube that we used. So I had quite a bit of leverage on that. <laughs> I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little uh, a little warm breath will move that thing, right? So I want to thank my friends out there in uh, Monroe with the broken lever yeah. for reminding me about that trick. What do you got? So I have, uh, and that's a great tip, by the way. It's always fun, especially adventure touring, when you have to get a little creative, right? As long as it works, that's always a good story to oh, tell. Oh, and, and I'll make one mention, too. Yeah. Uh, there, there now is available in the online Soundwriter store. Ah. Tent repair kits. There you go. D with the replacement pulls. Now, are these DOT approved or are they? Yes, they <laughs> <Right>. are. <laughs> Department of Tenting. And no recall right. so far. Yeah. Uh, well, great tip, though, and uh, always fun when you can be reminded by that uh, for a tip while you're out on the road. Um, for me, I was doing some transport of my motorcycle in a van recently. And uh, to do that, I decided to take the, uh, the panniers off. I've got the Happy Trails aluminum ones on there. And uh, as I was doing that, I realized, you know what? I hadn't taken these things off in a while. A few pieces had rattled off. Uh -oh. A few bolts had loosened up. Ooh. And uh, I thought, hey, a good tip is to check your luggage. Make sure that it's attached before you start going out there. Make sure if you haven't sort of given it a tune-up or a tighten-down in a while – Now's a good time to do it before we hit peak That's touring That's a really season. good tip. Yeah. And, you know, on some of the, the plastic luggage, like the GV boxes, sure. uh, I, have, I have boxes that were designed by GV on the NC700X. And the top box, uh, the button you push to release it, yeah. it gets a lot of dirt and crap oh, up sure, in there. Yeah. And it needs an annual cleaning. 
uh, with either, you know, get it all cleaned out using like some WD-40. Definitely. And then lube it up with some good silicone grease again and make sure that it doesn't fall apart on the road right. while you're out there. No, I mean, that's, you know, it's those little things sometimes that we don't uh, that we don't think about that we feel like we can neglect a little bit. Then all of a sudden you realize you can't close your top box or, you know, you see your pannier go rattling down the highway behind you. <laughs> you don't want that to happen. So No. Uh, that's something that a, uh, a tent pole might not be able to fix especially if there's a car behind you i don't think so right so all right uh, yeah good stuff well let's uh let's wrap it up i just want to remind everybody uh we talk about calendar events here on the show and we can't cover them all but they're out there on the soundwriter website uh news bites are always coming in on the site there throughout the month so you can tune in anytime you want to that and uh we'll look forward to catching up with everybody here again on the june show The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.